Hello and welcome to Onto the Ball. I'm joined as ever by Travis Morgan and Neil Riley. James OB sends his apologies. He would obviously love to be here since Liverpool beat the world's best team, most informed current team, Napoli, in the Champions League. Liverpool through to the last 16. Life's great again. We can all smile again after the debacle of Leeds on Saturday. Um, we're through to the last 16 in the Champions League and Travis Morgan and his Man United team are playing a playoff in February to stay in the world's deadest competition, Europa League. <laughs> Travis, what is going on? Um, yeah, it wasn't the result we wanted. I mean, in the first match like we played against Sociedad when we lost at home 1-0, the penalty wasn't a penalty either. So I think a lot of the fan base are quite agreed on Twitter. I just had a quick check before we went live today. Um, they were quite aggrieved about it, but I just think, um, yeah, it, we should have, I think we played well in the first half, but I, I'm quite disappointed we didn't really kick on to the second half and get the second goal that, that we needed because I don't think Sociedad were much of a threat in the game. Um, I think we controlled the game in, in a sense, but I think we've just got to move on from it now. I think it's another clean sheet. There are positives to take from the game. I know a lot of Ten Hag's like substitutions and tactical decisions have been questioned with putting Maguire up front with the last in, in the last seven minutes <laughs> trying to get a goal. It looks funny, man. Him trying to control the ball and stuff. It was just it was comical at times. But is this like back to the Stephen Colker days? A little bit. <laughs> the thing is, he didn't really get any like when Stuart Pearce played David James up top. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't really get much service in all fairness to him, in terms of opportunities in the air. So I think now I've looked at the opposition that we can play. There's Ajax, Juventus, Bayer Leverkusen, Sevilla, and there's a few other teams like Shakhtar Bar- and stuff. Barca. Uh, yeah, Barcelona. But so what, think- is, what is the deal with this playoff round? Neil, you, you play more Europa League ball than, than anyone in this body. <laughs> um, so what if, if you lose the playoff, is that you out or do you go to yeah, the conference league? That's you out, yeah. You oh, out, wow. Yeah. So basically, you could be playing Barca over two legs and then you don't make it to the round of 16. I think the idea was that um, it was supposed to mean that teams played their strong team in the group stage because you wanted to win it. So it's an extra incentive not to go, all right, we're, we'll just put out a second string. Yeah, and just we'll just get through and then we'll we'll take it a bit serious as the competition goes further. The, the positive for United is that the tie is in February and I think by that time the league will have shaped up um, to suggest what United, I think, will prioritise. If the top four is on and it looks like we're going to stay there, for example, I think, I'm not saying he's going to play a weakened team, but he might choose to put his eggs in one basket. If we're struggling for the top four and, it, and we're behind, then I think he'll go really, really strong in that time. I think he'll have to prioritise that competition. So I think we've got plenty of time. It's not it's not panic station, certainly not. Um, it's an extra two games, isn't it, Travis, when the cops come in? Mm. Um, depending on how deep you go in the um, in the League Cup, but also FA Cup will be in at that time. Back yeah. into the World Cup, there'll be fixture pile up because games will be coming thick and fast. Yeah. So is it, it is it the yeah. draw on Monday with the Champions League draw? Yeah. So then, do they play this playoff at the same time as the two legs in the last sixteen of the Champions League? And then they I'm all go sure. to the, the last round. round that time, yeah. I, would assume, I would assume it will be before the round of 16, like maybe the week before. 
um, and they'll probably play the two legs over um, a, a, a week period, play the first leg and then the second leg the week after and get it done, and then they'll go into the rounds of 16 altogether. So they'll be on the Thursday after the Tuesday and Wednesday of the Champions League. That's how I would assume that it would be done anyway. But no, it'd be, it'd be, I think if we can get the second leg at Old Trafford, that's all we can ask for really in a tie like that. You don't know who you're going to get. I don't think the, the teams that have gone out in the Champions League haven't really pulled up any trees like Ajax. And I think the top two in most of the Champions League groups went through quite comfortably, to be fair, in a lot of the groups. So it, there's a reason why they're playing the Europa League teams because they are they are that level. That um, So we've got every chance of going through. So we should be OK. They've done well to polish a turd, really, haven't they? <laughs> Try to make it a bit more competitive, a bit more interest. Um, but yeah, bit, it's on the, 16th, the, end of the day. 16th and 23rd of February, so that knockout round, and then it's not until the 9th and 16th of March, so it's a few weeks apart. Um, so, yeah, it's come February, end of that transfer window. Um, uh, an extra two I fancy two legs against a few of them teams. I think Sevilla would be dangerous over two legs. And Atletico, Barca. I don't think we can... Can we get Atletico? Atletico are out. They're out. out. They, they, they finished bottom. Did yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, they finished bottom at the end. So um, Ajax? Ajax. I'd fancy us over two legs against Ajax, to be honest. Um, like I said, Sevilla's the dangerous one. More Probably more so than Barca. Um, Barca went out with a whimper, really. So I think I would fancy us to go through it against most of those teams. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see. Um, obviously, Liverpool done the biz um, Tuesday night. Did any of you watch the game against Napoli? I saw parts of it. I didn't, see, didn't manage to see all of it, but I did see parts of it. Yeah, it wasn't the best game, to be honest. It was mm. a great game. Great game, great result. Two high-caliber teams at the top of their game. Liverpool are back, okay? That's all I'm going to say because everyone feared Napoli. <laughs> yes, Trav, look at your face. Everyone feared Napoli until we patterned them up at home and Darwin Nunes does Napoli? The only team what Darwin Napoli Nunes does. Liverpool getting beaten by Napoli. That was it. <laughs> Napoli are playing in one of the worst leagues in Europe and are one of the... What, what, happened, with, what happened with the VAR decision? Oh, it was a debacle. I don't know if any of you have seen it, but there was two VAR decisions. Thankfully, both went in Liverpool's favour, but... They both took a combined five minutes, but they were both the most clear. You could have got all them old fuzzy lines and it would have showed it was clearly onside and offside, but they've got this new kind of 3D way of looking at it. And yeah. it looks really good. I don't know if that's part of the World Cup or whatever, and then trying it out, but um, you can clearly see um, it kind of shades out the, the part that's onside or offside and then you can see whatever's popping through so it was good but it took them five minutes the the one for the goal at the end where Nunes scored the guy's foot was about two foot onside and it was still it? took about two and a half minutes it was it was really weird but um, it Napoli was the, are, the right I like, decisions I like Napoli I think they're a good side I really do fire yeah. aren't they that, that Osserman Mm. Uh, Trav, you're you're the the European pundit out of all of us. What's what's Twitter saying about this Osserman? He's a hundred million is what the fee that's being touted. Wow! And I think with the striker shortage in Europe, you'd have to say that Napoli will probably end up selling because mm. it's a huge fee, and he's a young 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 player, power pace, and he does score a lot of goals 
quite old-fashioned in nature, but like I said, he can drift either side, and he, he caused you a hell of a lot of problems in the first game um, in the group. So I I was, the jury was out a little bit when he got linked with United, and I was like, 100 million plus Ronaldo is a little bit much, but I actually do think we need somebody of that ilk. Um, whether we're willing to pay 100 million for a striker remains to be seen, but I do think we have to spend quite a bit of money to get a proper centre forward in. We're just struggling up front. We don't score a lot of goals as a team. It's just I'm so thankful we, we actually defend well now because once we score, we don't look like we're going to get twos and threes and fours. We've had some chances in some of the games, but then there's other games where we just don't create that much, like the second half today, for example. So, yeah, a strike. Osterman would be a good signing for United if we were to do that business. He looks like he's got a screw loose, though, a bit like Darwin Nunes. Yeah. Uh, he was throwing himself about, trying to get people red-carded, and he looks like a, a right character. But that's obviously good for the league. Um, but Darwin Nunes, another goal. I know he's been in for heavy criticism about his all-round game, but he keeps mm-hmm. bringing the goals. Um, the one he thing I, I wanted. He's bringing the goals in games that mean nothing at times. That mean nothing. <laughs> that's what he keeps bringing. When it counts and when the pressure's on, it looks like he's dancing around with Timberland boots on, like he was at the weekend. <laughs> Listen, so I watched. I watched. Over that Napoli are all of a sudden the best team in Europe, and. Nunez is all of a sudden the best striker and Liverpool are back. <laughs> no, honestly, I was saying it with tongue-in-cheek, obviously, but he's got his goal again. Um, obviously, that clip of Thierry Henry and Jamie Carragher was doing the rounds on Twitter and Facebook, and you, you can almost... you can I can agree with what Thierry Henry is saying and Carragher, but he's almost in danger here. Thierry Henry coming as a left-sided forward, he ended up in the middle... Okay, Darwin Nunes could easily end up coming in as a striker and playing off the left because he's he's doing well off the left. But then that also puts you in a dangerous category then of becoming mm. Dirk Dirk Kout. Remember Dirk Kout? Yeah, yeah. He came in as a striker. interrupts got a twenty five yards out, bottom corner, volleyed it. Um, nice. That's good for Arsenal. Got a win tonight, top the group to not end up in United's position. Nice. Oh, good. Um, Sorry, yeah. sorry. If if he plays too well off the left, he could end up like Dirk Kite and end up being a right midfielder, or yeah. and then we, we the only problem he's got is he's got to learn up. to play well off the left, doesn't he? Well, yeah. that's the thing. We give up on him being a striker, and he, he's a wide player. But the thing about Liverpool is, and and I don't know if this is the this is the answers to our problems, is that when you play off the right or left of a front three, you're you're virtually seen as a striker, aren't you? So I wouldn't want it to get in his head. Hang on, I thought I was a central striker, and now I've been shoehorned onto the left. But we we play where we expect the the right and left channels to be a source of goals. So I don't want. I'm not sure how he yeah. would react to be put being put out there. But he could do a job. I've seen enough now. I think the difference the difference Nunez. between you've seen enough of Nunez. Last week you've seen enough of Nunez. I've seen enough <laughs> that, of that him. That was that think, was central. The big, the big difference between Omri and Nunez um, with that well, transition. A big <laughs> when Omri started at the left on the left, he had all the agility and the pace and the dribbling skills to be a wing winger. And Wenger's coached him to become a natural goal scorer. I think that was the difference. Like, Omri had all of those attributes to play up front. He just wasn't a clinical finisher before he went up front. And then when he went up front, he got that coolness and that composure in front of goal. He became ice cold. And you could rely on him to get 25 goals a season. I think the transition for Nunez 
would be very difficult to be from being a striker to then becoming a wide player. Because yeah, but, but that's that's what I was trying to say for Liverpool. You're not really seen as a wide player, are you? You're kind of seen as I'm no, you're not. Say, calling them I a think... special winger. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're not seen as a wide player, but if you look, take for example Salah, and even when Mane was there, if you look at Salah, he scores a lot of goals, but the way Salah moves in wide areas is just totally different to how I can see Darwin Munich in moving. Even like with. Diaz as well. He's more of a... I, I can't explain it. Like, Diaz, for me, can score a lot of goals, but he's a wide player at heart in terms of how he dribbles, how he moves. I just don't know if Darwin's got that sort of mobility. Uh, it remains to be seen for me, personally. I don't know if he can make that adaptation from going from inside to out. I think it is always easier to go from out to in like Armory did. But going the other way, I think, would be more difficult. So, Scotty, to ask you a question... The £70 million most expensive striker bought across Europe, um, who you don't want to be a striker anymore because he can't cut it in that position and you want to be a winger. Does he get in ahead of Salah or Diaz? Okay. I didn't say he's not going to be a central striker. I'm just saying he's done a but, lot of, he's done a lot of okay, good work so on the left. Say hang on, hang on. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. He's done a lot of good work on the left in the absence of Diaz and Jota. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they got into a bit of rhythm with Bobby in the middle, Nunes on the left, Salah on the right. No. However, Question. however, when Diaz comes back, the dream, of course, is that Nunes finds his shooting range, finds his confidence, plays through the centre. So let's talk hypothetically. He hasn't found his shooting range. He's been shifted out to a winger. Um, does he get in ahead of Salah or Diaz? Oh, he's not yes, on Salah's so. side, so... So he doesn't get in against Salah. What about Diaz? I don't know. That's a hypothetical question. That's a hypothetical. Right? That's what listen, we're here for. You're right, saying listen. he's been shifted out left because he's doing a job. Diaz comes back fit. Does Nunes stay out left? No, of course. Nunes goes back okay. in the centre. So he's not as good as Diaz. What about when Jota comes back? So there's no Diaz. He's still injured. Does he get in ahead of Jota? It's a out squad game, okay? Out on the left. Stop trying to send me loaded questions, all right? It's a squad game. Give me a full, yeah. fully fit squad. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I we'll just, be back, baby. Like I said, to summarise, I think that transition personally would be more difficult. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he hasn't got the capability of doing it. But Omri, when he came, watched him at Monaco and Juventus as well. He had those natural like winger attributes. He used to just fly past people. He had everything... Basically had everything besides the finishing and Wenger just saw something where I said, right, you know what, I can convert this guy into a striker. And it was, I'm not saying it was easy because when he first came, Henri used to miss a lot of chances when he, in his younger Arsenal years. And as he got older and he evolved, his finishing became really, really top draw. Um but yeah, I, I, I can't see Nunes long term being that wider play. It, like you said, he might surprise a few and he might and he might do, but I think Liverpool are turning into a team that buy players in positions to then try and move them into other positions because they've seen something. They bought Trent as a right back, he can't play right back, so I think he might be a good central midfielder. We've got Nunes, we bought him as a striker, he might be a good left winger. We've got Milner as a midfielder, he might be a good fullback. You know I mean, they want to start buying players who play well in their own position. That right. might be Listen, Neil, thanks for joining us. Get back to Europa <laughs> League and, and me and Travel. I'll finish off this as a two-piece, yeah? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm still fuming about this whole net spend thing, but that's for another stream, okay? That's for another day. Uh, That'll pop it, back up at some point. Oh, absolutely. Trav, um, while Neil's getting stuck into his dead cat Europa League game, what kind of lineup did United put out today? I've seen Ronaldo started again. I didn't know Harry Maguire spent any time up front. That's laughable. Yeah. What's that going to mean for Sunday's lineup? Um, the kid Garnacho continues to impress. He got a start out on the left. I've seen really... his goal, actually. I've seen his goal. Yeah, I think he's a special talent. I mean, to be playing in the Argentinian first team at his age just says something about his natural ability. I watched quite a bit of him in the under-23s. He spent a lot of time in the first team squad in pre-season. And I've actually genuinely been calling for him. I don't know if I have put it in our group chats, but with other friends, I've been calling for him to be heavily involved in the first team squad, maybe to get some minutes from the start, but he should certainly be coming on more in games than he is personally. I'm not saying it's a 10 hour area. He obviously knows how to manage the boy, but I think he's ready to make that step up. And again, he showed tonight why I feel he should be heavily involved. He's just so direct. I've been calling for a direct wide player, somebody who just wants to get the ball and take people on. And he does that. It doesn't matter how many people are in his way as well. Like he'll go past one, and then when he's faced by another challenge, he's just so positive. Um, so he can only go from strength to strength. It's good. Can, it's good yeah. to see you've you've learnt your lesson from writing Mason Greenwood off before he'd kicked a ball. You give <laughs> Garnacho a chance. Ah, <laughs> uh, mate. But yeah, I think um, in terms of the lineup for Sunday's game, I think we we took a precaution with a couple of names. I mean, I think Varane will miss the game. Um, it depends what we do with fullback areas because we did look a little bit leggy second half. We couldn't really get going in terms of the tempo in that second half. Um, Ericsson, obviously Casemiro, we brought on McTominay, Fred towards the end of the game. Um, Sancho didn't wasn't involved. Marcus Rashford was on the bench and came on. So I don't think he'll make too many changes because it's a must-win game, but he might freshen it up in a couple of areas. I can see Rashford coming back in up front. Um, over Ronaldo, Ronaldo dropping to the bench again. I think there'll be a change in midfield. I think maybe Fred will start over Ericsson. Casemiro, I believe, will keep his place. Um, and maybe, depending on how Shaw's feeling, because he's played a lot of games, he might bring in Malasio and just make the three changes. But I can't see too many changes as it's a must-win game. I thought Shaw had put a bit of weight on again tonight. Did you notice that, Trav? Or was that just my eyes... More hopeful than I don't know. I didn't. I weren't really looking at his weight to be fair, but I, I thought he did well. Again, I think he's responded well to Malassia coming in. But he does normally do this when he gets competition. He he perks up for six to ten games. Um, <laughs> he's best at Luke Shaw, but I think it's the best I've seen him play in a while. He's actually playing really well. His distribution um, from left back area and choice of pass has been really really good. Um, he's been getting on the overlap a lot as well, involved in a lot of our attacks. Um, so, yeah, I think it's healthy competition for him. Malassia, when he comes in, does very well as well. But Villa's going to be tricky because you know what it's like with the new manager sy syndrome, Unai Emery's in. Yeah, he that's was... what I was thinking. How worried yeah. are you there's going to be some sort of upturn? I think there will. Um, I think we, we drew there last year. We were tuning up in the game. And ended up drawing the game 2-2 as well. We threw a lead away and we were constantly throwing away leads. 
last year. Um, I mean, I think the good thing for United is kind of on type. When Unai comes into a club, it's a bit shut up shop, two banks of four. Mm. Try not to lose, build a bit of momentum while he can get on the training pitch. So I don't think it, he's not a, a manager that's going to be throwing the red arrows at you or no. the claret and blue arrows. So I think that'll... I know United find that difficult playing against that kind of team. They like to hit yeah. people on the counter-attack. So it might be a bit of a stalemate and you haven't trying to break them down. But I don't think you're going to have to worry too much defensively. Um, against no. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think we, we know how the pattern of the game is going to go. It's just going to be Villa just sitting back, waiting for an opportunity, making it difficult. The likes of McGinn and, and the boys just ratting him in field, just trying to stop us from playing. Um, so again, I think we need to make a fast start um, in the game and, and try our best to get an early goal um, and, and press high. And, and, and when we lose the ball, just try and win it back as quickly as possible so we can start to gather momentum. I do fancy us to win the game. I think we'll win the game 2-0. Um, I, I fancy us to keep a clean sheet again just because of the way we're defending. And it's going to be a tough first game for Unai Emery because of the way we're playing. So I expect us to win the game, but it won't be comfortable. Uh, if you do drop, it'll be a good evening for the rest of us. <laughs> we'll see how many of those uh, good evenings are going to come out the rest of this year. <laughs> so, yeah, score predictions. Let's have it in early. Hang on, I'm going to go to the comments. Jose, my main man, is in the comments. Hey, 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 my favourite people. Guess who's back? Hi, Jose, how are you? He's got the goat, the hat and the king emojis. <laughs> Big up. Come on, Zurich. What's, what's happening with Zurich? Is that... Is that something to do with the dead Europa League, Neil? That's the Arsenal game tonight. One no Arsenal. Is the is the best listen to the King or watching Arsenal? Come on, my boy, listen to the King. <laughs> he's doing both, Jose. He's doing he's doing both. Um, yeah, sorry, Travis. Score prediction. I'm two going to United Rashford to score first. Neil. Uh, one each. Uh, I'm going to go nil nil. Neil's just talked me into a, a dire drab affair. Unai Emery shutting up shop, keeping it tight on his, his debut, managerial debut. Okay, let's get on to Liverpool because Neil's engrossed in his game. Uh, if we time it right, he might be talking at halftime. Um, Liverpool, it, it was encouraging on Tuesday night. We give minutes to Calvin Ramsey, the right back. I didn't realise, yeah, he done well. I didn't realise how tall he is. He looks about seven foot, like Peter Crouch. And that's yeah. always good to have some big towering right-backs, centre-backs. Uh, that badge, Badsejic, come on, with Carvalho. Okay. So we ended up basically putting on three 18, 19-year-olds at the end. So it, was a good, it, it was a good win. Uh, it, was, it was a confidence booster because, like you say, we're, we're, live, we're bipolar at the minute. We're up, we're down. We just try, need to get a bit of rhythm going with a confidence yeah. Nunes scored. Salah was man of the match again, which is always encouraging. Firmino done all right. Um, but the main thing was Canate was back. Um, we looked so solid in the centre of the defence with Canate. Partnering Van Dyke. I'm worried for Joe Gomez. i got to admit, Matip looks so much more comfortable next to Van Dyke. So does Canate. Joe Gomez... It's getting to the stage now, I think, where he's either got to leave or he's got to try and forge a career as a right-back, a Liverpool career anyway. Um, obviously, Trent's struggling, so Joe Gomez could be 
an option. Do you there. think he's technically good enough to be a fullback? I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I think. I think so. And the more I see him, and the more I think about it, he might be a better fullback than he is a centre back. Um, he enjoys go, going forward, which is always just another bonus. player that you just another player that you bought in a position that you're going to try out in another position. <laughs> no, to be fair, to be fair, yeah. Joe Gomez has been there since 2016, so he's in my he should have been in my Rafa rant on my bit of paper that I whipped out on uh, Monday night. He's yeah. he's another player, but you know he's been there a long time and he's he's been patient. He's had his injury worries, but. But you know that, that that's for another conversation. Yeah. The main thing is Kanati's back, and he, the guy is a rock. He towers above everyone else. So strong, shackled Osserman. Um and yeah, it, it was a, it was just great to see him back. I'm not so much worried about Matip's fitness now. If we can keep Kanate fit with Van Dyke, it's could Has be Kanate promising going forward. Stop start with the injuries, and um, since he's arrived. No, not really. He he came yeah, in. Didn't yeah, he came in and uh, he he was pretty much never injured. But when he came in, he had a reputation for being injured at Leipzig, so I thought yeah. that's the last thing we need. But no, he went he went through the whole season unscathed. Um, but then, Matt was so good last season as well. He was unfortunate. Yeah, he just yeah, couldn't get the games. Um, whenever I've seen Kanata, I've been impressed by him personally. Physically, yeah, he's, an absolute specimen. Like you're not, you're not going to knock him off the ball. You're not going to outrun him. Um, so you've got to be really cute and clever when you play against him. Um, so I don't think, personally, when I look at the game on Sunday, I don't think Kane's going to get much change out of those centre halves. Mm-hmm. And as as much as Liverpool haven't been playing well, I, I, I just can't see Spurs really taking the game to Liverpool and going out and winning the game. Personally, I just think even at home. Even at yeah, Spurs. even at home. Yeah, even at Spurs. Like I just, I don't, I'm not. I, I think it's got a draw written all over it. I really have because both sides aren't playing well. Like Spurs been getting results, but they're not playing well. I know they came back and won midweek, but in an, I know you say the phrase on another day, but in another season, Spurs could have quite easily lost about three, four more games than they have done in this season. They've already lost a few, but. They've been quite lucky in some of the games. And I know the fans are disgruntled about the football that they're playing. Um, there's been some pundits. I know Jamie O'Hara and a few other people, Tim Sherwood, have come come out and been let to um, Conte's defence saying, well, why are people bothered about the way they're playing? Because we're getting results. Um, yeah, so they don't in- get results against the top teams, though, are they, Trav? Every big team they played this season, they've dropped yeah. points against Exactly. Neil, Trav is throwing in O'Hara and Tim Sherwood. Is this a a new low for the poddy? I (laughs) (laughs) Looking at Jamie O'Hara to back up your statistics, then you know your statistics aren't that great. No, but look, on to Saturday, of course, it's uh, sorry, Sunday, Sunday night. You love them half four games. The the atmosphere is always electric. if guys, if you're tuning in, welcome to the channel. Please like and subscribe as always. But we're going to try and do a, a live watch along stream on Sunday. Hopefully, Chelsea Arsenal at twelve o'clock. We'll have a little break, uh, have something to eat. Hopefully, to recharge the batteries, and we'll be back on for half four to half six doing Liverpool Spurs. But yeah, it's going to be a, a good game. But um, I'll save my predictions for for the end of this segment. But we've got Kanate coming back now. 
Nunes has played his first 90 minutes against Leeds. He should have scored a couple. I feel like we're getting a little bit of shape, a little bit of rhythm. Have you got any other players back? Even Fabinho done well, but no. There's Diaz apparently is close to coming back to training. Okay. Colombia are going to the World Cup, aren't they? Yeah, but apparently he's missing the World Cup, isn't he? Well, I don't know. There's, I've seen a couple of things on Facebook the last couple of days that he's ahead of schedule. Oh, right. no, I don't know what that means, whether he's got a chance for the World Cup or not. But Jot is definitely out till January, February. Um, and then we've still not seen the likes of Naby Keita. I don't know what's going on there. Matip, don't know what's going on there. But, you know, we might not have much on the bench, but you can almost see the 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 shape of the side that we'll put out. Kanata is going to stay centre-back with Van Dijk, Trent Arnold on the right, Robertson on the left. In the middle, mm. Fabinho done well Tuesday night, which is a turn-up. Hopefully that's a, him turning the corner. And then he's got the options of either Elliot or Henderson to go with Thiago. And then I do. I know he's a ridiculed me at the start of the stream. Nunes is going to be off the left, I think. Because it does look like, I remember you saying a couple of streams ago, Trav, from an outsider neutral point of view, you feel like yeah. we've got to get back to basics, back to the 4-3-3. And I think that is what Jurgen Klopp's trying to do. It's going to be yeah. Nunes off the left, Bobby in the middle, and Salah on the right. Um, and as as they alluded to 10 minutes ago, Nunes might not like the thought of it, but the more we play it, and he might see he gets loads of chances coming in off the left, he might actually enjoy it there. So The one positive about him playing there is that he's a workhorse. Yeah. So in front of Robertson, he's going to get the most protection because the guy does work so hard. And you can't take that away from him. He works very, very hard. So I think... In, in a game like the Spurs game, it might actually be a bit of a positive because I know Emerson Royale is not the best defensively for Spurs, but he does like to get forward. So having Nunes on that side might actually pin him back a little bit from a tactical perspective. So it might actually do um, the world of good in that, in that sense. But no, I personally just think the game has just got draw written all over it. A score draw... But I do think it will be a draw. I just don't think either team have got enough to go and win. Um, I just Liverpool aren't defending well enough and Spurs aren't attacking well enough. And to me, that's just going to equate to a score draw. It might be an entertaining one. Something could sway the game, like a red card or a couple of rash decisions, an early penalty, a VR. I think it will be controversial in some senses as well. Blood and thunder. Is son think, is son injured? Did I? He's having an operation on his uh, fractured eye socket. Nice. So is Kulu, Kulusevski still out as well? Yeah. And Richarlison. Richarlison's still that. injured, isn't he? Yeah. 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 That leaves Kane and Lucas Moura, and then maybe I don't know. It depends what they're going to do. They might play one up top with one in the hole. Again, like you said, Spurs have got a couple of knocks. They've got the decent in midfield with Hoiberg and Benton Basuma on the bench and stuff. Well, again, I, were, I was going to say 2-1 to spares, but now that you just broke it down for me, I'm going to go on a Super 6 and change it. I'm, I'm going to go for a Liverpool win. But obviously yeah. that's dependent on what Liverpool turns up. If the mm. Liverpool turns up from Tuesday night against Napoli or the Liverpool that played against Man City, we could win. And if not, it'll be the Liverpool against Leeds and Liverpool against Nottingham Forest. Let's head into the comments. Football Ferreira, Jose, how you doing? Um, magic, I mean, sorry, my keyboard's still thinking of PK last game for Barca. What a shocker that is. 
know. Gerard Piquet retiring. Crazy. Coach's Corner. Yes, yes. How you doing, mate? Welcome to the stream. This is the first time I've seen you in the comments. Welcome. I've been liking your vids, mate. Loving your work. Um, we will be at Chelsea, Jude. We will be at Chelsea, Jude. Chelsea will oh, beat Arsenal. Chelsea in game. Uh, he says Chelsea will beat Arsenal. There you go. Because it's at Stamford Bridge, mm. I presume. Uh, and Jose says, yes, Chelsea will beat Arsenal. Son will also miss the World Cup. Mm. Will he? Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, so, yeah, my prediction's in then. 2-1. Trav thinks score draw. What one each? Neil. Neil. 2-0 Liverpool. <laughs> what, Nunes, oh. Nunes brace? Um, Alisson brace. <laughs> Love it. Um, no, I just see it having too much for Spurs. They, they, they seem, it's, they've got a complex. Uh, they seem to struggle against, I'm not saying Liverpool are a top team but um, at the moment, but they seem to struggle against uh, teams inside the top six. Um, so yeah, I see Liverpool winning. Nice, I'll take that. Apologies, guys. I'm going to head into the internet to see the Spurs team that played um, on Tuesday night, was it? Against yep. Marseille away. And have a look at their starting lineup because I didn't realize. Again, that... against Marseille, they played very defensive. They sat two banks of four. Um, they might actually play like that against Liverpool. Like Jose used to do it a lot in the big games. He didn't care whether he was at home or away from home. So they would they would sit in against the big teams, and 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 it's something that I can see Conte doing actually, and playing on the break. Obviously. Yeah, and that's all well and good, particularly how fragile Liverpool are at the moment and confidence. If you can keep it nil nil or they get the first goal, but the problem is trying to switch that gear if they go a goal down. Yeah, can they then turn it on against a better side? Yeah, it's definitely. Um, so yeah, Richarlison calf injury. Kulisevsky thigh injury, Son come off, um, and Jose says he's going to miss the World Cup, so Son's definitely out. I'm looking forward to Sunday even more now. Let's mm -hmm. go Liverpool. Forza Liverpool. Neil, Arsenal, Chelsea, doesn't get much bigger than that. London, Derby, 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock, early kick. No one likes the 12 o'clock, do they? I always remember Wayne <laughs> Rooney saying he shovels beans and chicken down his throat for breakfast. That's what I always think of with these 12 o'clock kickoffs dry chicken. Sounds nasty. Particularly as you know, Chelsea played on Tuesday night. We're playing tonight, Thursday. Jesus has started, Gabriel started, White started, uh, Ramsdale started. So he's gone with a, you know, a semi strong team. He's rested, obviously, some key players, Saliba. Um, etc. I don't know if he's put Jesus in just to give him 60 minutes, try and get a goal because I know he's obviously that's the one thing missing from his game at the moment. Surely you uh, must be thinking he's crazy. Yeah, he's going for the league. What is he doing? I think he, um, I think he wants to miss this two-legged game in. But why just Daniel. forfeit it if you're going for the league? Yeah, but it's... oh, if you win the Europa League and come second, it's a fantastic season. It, it really is like. I'm not saying you can't win the league, but if you win the Europa League and come second, I think Arsenal have been... I think the reason they're so good at the moment is that they've been rigorous with the process. Like, they've, they've not um, veered away from it. And I think second this season, although a lot of people are talking up the title and that would be still huge progression in terms of the consistency of performances. 
And if you look at Liverpool, it took them, I know they were getting in Champions League finals and stuff, but it still took them four years to win a major trophy. I think if Arsenal carry on the way that they are, it wouldn't surprise you if they won a league in the next year or two for me. I don't think they're that far away from Man City in terms of the way that they're playing. The squad needs a little bit more, but in terms of the consistency levels, you can't grumble with what they've done. They've lost one game in the league all season. Do you know what I mean? And everyone keeps saying, oh, but they've not played this, they've not played that. I know they lost to United, but they've played Spurs, they've played Liverpool, they're about to play Chelsea. And they've played a lot of the big teams already. Do you know what I mean? There's not much left. They've just got City to play, and that's it. Um, this is so this think... is one of the big tests, though. Surely, like away to Chelsea, away oh, to Man City, away to Spurs, away to Liverpool. But do you think Man United. Run, do you I mean, that's the thing. If we can them to go and win that game at Stamford Bridge, I don't think it is. It would be a shock if they won at Stamford Bridge. But what an adrenaline shot, and what what a confidence booster to their title push. To win away at Stamford Bridge because let's be honest, their record is Chelsea poor. got absolutely smashed against Brighton, so they're mm. going to be fragile. They don't want to lose two in a row. Go and straight think, in Chelsea, and Chelsea it. got some injuries themselves. I saw Kepa's injured now. You know, Koulibaly's out, Kovacic is out, Fafana's out, James is out, Chilwell's out, Kante's out. You know, they've got a few knocks there as well. You know, obviously yeah. not ideal Arsenal playing Thursday night, but really probably out of this team. You're probably looking at Ben White, Ramsey and Gabriel starting and Jesus up top, but he's probably only going to play 60 minutes, particularly if we're 1-0 up. So um, it's almost a bit like a training session. Um, How do you think Arsenal will approach the game, Neil? Because obviously you're top of the league at the moment and a couple of points clear City City played the, the day before, so they will probably go top. you probably go into the game in second place, to be fair. So do you think that that includes... I think though, well, I hope that they 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 go how we've started all games, fast, furious, right from the first minute, getting in behind, hitting the wingers, Martinelli, Saka on the other side, looking to hit Jesus and just, you know, trying to steamroll within the first half an hour, get one nil up, you know, quieting the crowd down. That's how I hope they play. Um, That's what I was going to say, Neil. When when you're obviously going for the league and playing as well as Arsenal that are. I think you'll be going in and playing your own game and hoping that Chelsea are chasing you around the park because yeah. you're, you're the one with all the confidence. All the team are flying. It'll be, mm. I think it'll be more of the same. You'll be taking it to Chelsea rather than ma- making it a strategic, tactical affair. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a, bit, a, a little bit on the fence. I'm not 100% sure. I agree with you two that I feel you probably should go and take the game to them. I think you'll probably have a little bit more caution though, to be fair. I think... I think Arteta will probably see it as a good point. I mean, if you go into the game a point behind City and you go and draw at Chelsea and you level, or you go ahead on goal difference or you level with them on goal difference, I think you'll see that as a good point because when we went to Chelsea, we battered them for the first half, to be honest. We we slowed up in the second half and we still didn't get the victory. It's a hard place to go and I think Arsenal's record is very patchy at Stamford Bridge. They go through phases where, like, they will go there and they'll go unbeaten for a couple. And then they, then they went on a really, really bad patch when Hazard and Drogba was in his pomp and they just kept getting beat. Um, and I think in recent times, they've won a, maybe a couple of, over the last 10 years. I'd have to yeah, check. yeah, Martinelli scored there. You know, we won um, uh, coming out of the COVID season, so like last season. Yeah, I remember it. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, we obviously went through that period where we weren't spending any money. Net spend cup, as Scotty likes to call it, and Chelsea were throwing Abramovich's, you know, billions at it. So yeah. we weren't going to have a great record. They were winning leagues and champion leagues at the time. But yeah. um, recently, I think particularly the games that we've gone in, we don't, don't need to hold any, you know, any fear against them. No. Uh, I, I mean, think the worst, the worst thing they've done to us in the past couple of years is sell us Willian. You know, that was the most... <laughs> he didn't us. sell. <laughs> he come for free. <laughs> Got him off the books. Um, but it'll be a, in all seriousness it'll be a tough game I think I said in one of the previous streams if we got seven points from these next three games leading into the World Cup I'd be happy um, nine would be great you know I'd obviously love us to go there and win and just keep the pressure on City um, but yeah I think it could be a, a, quite an even game like I said they've got a few injuries um, we've got a couple of players back they've got a deep squad they can just like you said they they're quite consistent, Chelsea, in the sense of their level of performance never normally dips below a certain level. It's never awful. And they've got match winners. That's the thing. Like, even if they're not playing well, someone can just pop up with a goal, like, or a Jorginho penalty. Just something spawny just happens. It, it, it just winds me up about Chelsea. They, they just get over the line somehow. Do you know what I mean? They always finish in top four, no matter how much of a transition they're under. So I think it'll be tough. I'm going to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be, no, it'll be a tough game. I agree with you, Travis. I'm going to go for the score draw. Couple yeah. of players back, just to let you know. El Nenny back in training. And actually Who? starting tonight, El Nenny. That's big for us. He's good cover for Xhaka and Party. So that means, like tonight, neither of them are, they're just sitting with their feet up, ready for the weekend, where one of them would have had to have played tonight. Also, Zinchenko was back in training this week. Um, so he's back from his calf injury, so he was ahead of schedule. Don't know if he'll be match fit for um, Sunday, but maybe he might come in, or Tommy Asu might go out there on the the left again, and Ben White on the right. I'm going to jinx it for Neil now um, and say that Raheem Sterling is right out of sorts. I've even seen reports that his World Cup places is under threat. Uh, I never expected that. Because you know what your predictions are <laughs> like in the group. Here comes the real on Sunday night. <laughs> One nil, Raheem Sterling. But I'm just going to pop into the comments. Jose says, Vamos, people. Chelsea and Liverpool wins on Sunday. I'd love that double. Evan, LFC. Hi, hi, Evan. You okay? Glad you're tuning in. Oscar, how you doing, mate? Hala Madrid. <laughs> how you doing? I heard you're not very well. Oscar, I hope you're feeling better, mate. Um, I put a, a poll up before the stream and we will get on to it. Um, but I said, where will Jude Bellingham be playing come the 1st of September 2023? Just let it, let it go, Scott. It's, 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 it's all even. It's all even. Man City, Real Madrid. What were the options? City, like an old, Madrid. City. Like an old girlfriend that can't let go. <laughs> City, Madrid and Liverpool. Liverpool are winning the poll with 43%. Out of seven votes. Um, but yeah, just quickly back to Arsenal and Chelsea. It's going to be a great game and I can't wait. And I probably jinxed it now that Raheem Sterling... Jinxed it for Neil anyway. But Trav, is it too early in the season to think that Man City and Arsenal have got first and second boxed off and it would suit us chasing third and fourth for Arsenal just to beat Chelsea? No, I don't think it's too early. Like We're a third of the way through the season. They've lost one game between them. So if they, do you know what I mean? If we carry that on, they would have lost three games between them for the whole season on average. Obviously, that's very unlikely that that's going to happen. But for the for the foreseeable, I can't see teams putting a long enough run together 
to derail them that much. Like, they might have a wobble. Do you know what I mean? I think Arsenal will probably have a wobble, and so will City. They both will drop points from now to the end of the season, without a doubt. But I think, personally, the, the top two... They're not too far away mathematically, but I just can't see anyone putting a big enough run together to deter them. I think them two positions are more or less finalised for me. I think... But the fight for the other two positions is very, very open um, down to Liverpool, definitely, because you've got Newcastle United, Spurs, Chelsea. Any two from them four can make it, without a doubt. So, uh, Liverpool-Arsenal double Sunday, then? London... Um, I don't don't know. I, I can see both games being draws. I think Arsenal... The Arsenal game, the pattern of the game will go to similar to when they played United. Obviously, we ended up winning that game. But I can see Arsenal dominating the ball a lot in that game, having a lot of possession. It's whether they can make the use out of that possession. I think Arsenal will dominate the ball against everyone in the league, bar Man City, to be honest. But it's what they can do with the ball um, if they can hurt Chelsea. They've got players that can hurt Chelsea. I think the first goal is so important because... If Chelsea get it, it just then makes it tough. They'll be strong. They'll be hard to beat, resolute and stuff. They'll give Arsenal chances, but it's all about how clinical Arsenal can be. If they can take the chances, they can certainly win at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, but I do, see I, one, I do see another 1-1 draw. Okay, just popping in the comments. Uh, Hala Madrid, Jose Ferrer, just got you a subscribe, my boys. Jose, thank you so much. My best mate just subscribed. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Uh, my daughter's here. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. You okay? Hi, Dad and Uncle Trav. <laughs> Hi, Dad, <laughs> Uncle Trav and Uncle Neil Bean. Um, who's saying Hala Madrid? Uh, that's one of the Poddy members' nephew, that is, Jose. Yeah. Uh, the rules in this video is not to talk about Madrid people. <laughs> that's from Jose, <laughs> the Barca fan. Okay, Oscar says it'll be 2-1 Liverpool on Sunday. Evan says it'll be 2-2 and so does Pixie. So there we have it. All the predictions are in. We're going to end on Jude Bellingham, lads. We've been heavily, heavily, heavily linked with Jude Bellingham in the last couple of days. Apparently Klopp and FSG have agreed to go all in on Jude Bellingham. No, I said where a couple you, of where did you read ago. that? It's oh, everywhere, mate. It's everywhere. You're not in January or the summer. Yeah, no, rat, the summer, maybe. the summer, the summer. And we um, Jimmy podcast. I know. I, I know. I said uh, on the last podcast we shouldn't be in for Jude Bellingham now because if we've got two hundred million, we should be spending on four midfielders. But if we go all in and sign Jude Bellingham, my head will fall off. I'll be over you're, the you're moon. Not- Luckily for us in the podcast, you're not signing him, so yeah, we fit firmly fixed where it is. I just, uh, yeah, I can't see it. I don't know what your two thoughts are, but okay, so let's okay. you want so three let's to four hundred k a week. Jude Bellingham, yeah, hundred and hundred and twenty million he's going to cost. Let's say you sign Jude Bellingham. What what team do you think Klopp would put out with, with Bellingham and the current boys, or do you think you need another addition on top oh, of that? Yeah, no, that that for sure we need another one or two. Absolutely for sure. You cannot be signing Jude Bellingham and complimenting him with James Milner. You just yeah. can't. You can't. Yeah. That would just be madness. So, again, yeah. I, I won't believe it until it actually happens because we need to slice that money and sign two or three CMs instead of paying £120 million for one. 
But just for the beauty of the game and the love of the club, <laughs> imagine yeah. we signed him. You'd be torn, you'll be torn up, won't you, in terms of what you'd want the club to do. I mean, I don't know how big the budget is, but like you said, if you need two to three midfielders and you just go and buy one, although Bellingham is absolutely top draw, I think you'll feel a little bit underwhelmed overall in terms of the bigger picture. But like you said, you'll be absolutely gassed out of your head if you sign Jude Bellingham because he's just unbelievable. The only way I can see that deal happening is, is if something's already been agreed, like last summer or something. I can't see him, if he has the pick of those clubs now, choosing Liverpool over the other two. The only I can't see him going Real Madrid either because I know they've just signed Chouameni for big money last year and they already had Camavinga and Valverde's absolutely on flames. He's probably been the best player in the league um, in Europe, actually, in midfield, to be fair. So their midfield's pretty set and they've still got Modric, Cruz. Can't see them spending another £100 million on a midfield player. So... I think that rules Real Madrid out the Bellingham race, to be honest. And I, I do think it's between like Liverpool and City. I think City are slight favourites if they want if they really wanted to go and get him. I think they could. I think there's a space there because if you look at the midfield, obviously they got Rodri, Phillips, Gundogan's getting the other side of like thirty now, um, and Bernardo Silva's constantly been linked with Barcelona over the last. 12 to 14 months so if, if one of those go goes out you can see Bellingham replacing him I think United are out the running as well I'd like him at United but I don't think we're, we're it's not that we're not interested I just don't think he'll come to United Do you think Bellingham's going to leave Champions League football captain in Dortmund winning man of the matches you know going for leagues to play Europa Conference League next year do you think <laughs> that's what he got his heart set on when he was a kid you know playing in the parks in Birmingham did he always want to play in the Conference League Is well that... he's not signing for Man United so he won't have to um, <laughs> but listen we've also got the beauty of the World Cup to come if he has a, a barnstormer there chuck another 50 million on top of it on, on top of his fee because it'll just um, it couldn't be a worse time really having this mid-season World Cup you know what everyone's like if a player has a, a great tournament people go yeah, wild you've got to a Diego Forlan on your hands and a yeah. gibberish <laughs> Vladimir I think he's England's best midfielder yeah, oh, by a country by a country well not by a country Mario because Declan Rice is right up there I'd love to sign him as well um, just in the comments before we end uh, Jose Ferreira you're welcome he'll watching you guys for sure he's a massive United and PSG fan he's French loves the ball like us nice one cheers mate really appreciate it Oscar says I'm saying Hala Madrid <laughs> Bellingham to City says Jose Ferreira Bellingham to Liverpool says Evan 60 subscribers my boys thank you so much if anyone else is watching it hit that like and subscribe button we're on, a, on the road to 100 okay lads it's been a pleasure Let's uh, make sure you get good night's sleep, get your energy levels up for Sunday, okay? Because we're, we're doing it no matter what happens. Neil, you're obviously going to be the main man from 12 till 2, Chelsea, Arsenal, and then whoever's joining me at half four to half six for Spurs versus Liverpool. It's going to be a barnstormer. Don't be giving your BT log out till after two o'clock, yeah? Uh, you'll have to <laughs> tune in early, mate. Tune in early. Um, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be tuning in today and just leaving it on. <laughs> It's going to be a great Super Sunday, isn't it? Beers, ball, snacks, the lot. I'm ready it's going for it. going to be a big one. I think we should all just turn up on our pyjamas. <laughs> I look Football like I'm pajamas. wearing pyjamas today. <laughs>
Right, it's been a pleasure, lads. Right. Cheers, uh, lads. I've got to go watch Arsenal yeah. slap Zurich around. Yeah, go and, go and enjoy Arsenal in that uh, funny tournament, wherever it is that they're in. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers, Pete. guys.